Hey, this show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. Yeah, balls, nuts, balls. Start the show. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Devils fans, you know I got you. The Devils are an absolute fucking wagon. A absolute Fisher-Price status. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that today. Because there's other things to talk about today. Devils yep. fans, I know normally Devils fans, like Lakers fans, they're used to being the center of attention. But we're not talking about the Devils right now. We're not talking about the Devils. We got other stuff, what? including Jesse's first hockey injury. Yeah! yeah! Jesse can't walk properly. What happened, Jesse? Ra- Rachel's Raiders are having to dip into LTIR That's for right. the Easter Seals tournament. Uh, no, I've uh, I've been learning to to pivot like really quickly. I've been trying to really get better at hockey quickly, and I've been pushing myself. And it caused me to sprain my ankle on Friday. And I've been bedridden all weekend. And this is the first time I've gotten out of out of my bed. To do this podcast, show us got, your foot. Yeah, show I'll show, us, I'll show here, the camera. It. Show the foot. Where's the feed yeah. people? Feed people. Yeah. Where are my feed people at? So yeah, it's it's wrapped right now for everybody listening. I got a big tape job on my ankle, but I'll be back on the ice in like couple couple days. Yeah, there it is. That's what you. I say. don't. I don't think I'm gonna miss a skate. So we got a skate coming up in not this Friday, but next Friday because we took Friday's Remembrance Day and Easter Seal, so we're not having a skate that day. But the week after, I'll be back on the ice and not missing a game with my boys. But you're out of the tournament. I'm 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 out of the tournament this Friday. <laughs> so but you're out of the games, just not the scrimmages. The scrimmages, I'll be out. Team, oh, I got the playoff games. Can always rely on Jesse to show up for practice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the game. Yeah, yeah, not the game. We're talking practice. Uh, if, if it was like, if you guys really needed me on Friday, like I'd push through. I'd dry sidle it. One leg out there. Fucking it's four goals a game. All the power coming from your left ankle. Oh, and yeah. Everyone was on the ice, <laughs> and I'm just looking, and I see Jesse sitting on the bench, and I'm like, we have, like, a man in his 70s who plays with us, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Jesse's not winded. What happened? Yeah. And you just took a tumble. I took a tumble, pivoting, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the, But I did. Give me some credit. I went out there, and I tried to get another shift in. And worsened your injury. And I did. realized my ankle was fucked. Mm. <laughs> It's good. Sucks. It's really yeah. good. That sucks. Not so a high much, ankle sprain, man. apparently, but still a sprain. Not a high. I, I thought at first it was high ankle sprain, but thank goodness that would have been a couple months recovery. But it looks like I'm gonna be six weeks fully recovered because well, you had it ultrasounded. Yes, because yes. <laughs> I have a I have a, um, a physiotherapist in the family. There you which go. Was cheat code. Yeah. Important. <laughs> it's good to have cheat codes in the family. Yeah. Hey, uh, okay, so uh, that obviously bringing up Easter Seals. Steve, you got something to mention. The tournament is obviously this Friday. Thank you all for everybody that's donated. My gosh, like I, I, we haven't even had the chance to do that with everything going on. So thank you if you donated to us or to anybody on any of the teams. You know it's going to an amazing uh, 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 group. What did you want to say, Steve? So noon tomorrow, noon Eastern, November 8th is the end of a raffle. So. My Dangle 10 jersey, now I wear 20, I used to wear 10, uh, I'm going to be raffling off for Easter Seals. I think it's the jersey that I wore on my book cover, but I'll sign it for you wherever. All you got to do, there is a link that we'll, we'll link to down below, um, to a tweet. Uh, all you have to do is make a $5 donation minimum to my Easter Seals page. Uh, to be entered and respond to the tweet with proof um, that you made 
that donation. If you've already donated, A-okay. You don't have to do it again. Don't worry about it. Uh, if you want to, go ahead, but you don't have to do it. Don't worry about it. So if you've already done it, just provide proof. If you want to do it, just do do it and then provide proof. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll pick a winner. And there you go. And mm-hmm. Strum. We're doing, you're returning to streaming. Please, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the Steve has come back <laughs> to PS4. <laughs> <laughs> so on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash SDPN, it will be myself and Mike Schmidt against Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde That's in right. NHL 23. We're going to play a best of two out of three series and all the donations made to Easter Seals during our stream will be matched uh, by Mike Schmidt's uh, family foundation. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he's a fucking generous dude. He's going to match all of the donations. So we're doing a charity stream. So we're going to be streaming and during that, keep donating, keep donating. We're going to match all of the donations. If you've ever actually been to one of these uh, events where I remember there was the one year we did the movie theater. Mike was there, like running some of the equipment and stuff. He's uh, he's, he's always always so involved, and so we're really grateful to Mike for uh, for being a part of this. I'm gonna have to get a new video game headset because mine, I guess, really peaked a lot with the last time we did the NHL tournament. And, oh, really? Yeah. So I think I'm actually have to upgrade for the first time in like six, mm-hmm. seven years. We so need it's time. We need team names because we're all Rachel's Raiders, but now like we need subs sub team names, mm. and I think. I think for the first time in my life, even though I went there for four years, I think I'd like to be a Moet Mustang. Oh! <laughs> can you make a jersey that looks like the Moet Mustang jersey used to? Oh my God, I think I can. Can you, can you customize that? I'm going to try to do that. Okay. Yeah, the right. high school that Adam and I went to was Moet, and we were the Moet Mustangs. It's basically the Thrasher's jersey with a big M on it. Actually, when we originally got to Moet, we weren't the Mustangs. Do you remember Moet's name before? Uh, and it was changed to the Mustangs, and we got a mascot and everything. When no, we were, like, I don't. I, what was it? They were the Moet Gales. The Gales, that's right. It's like know? a gale force wind. Yeah, they'll oh, get you. I was, was going to ask, what's a gale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a really nice lady who lives down the street. Yep. Just <laughs> a bunch grandma. of gales showing up. She always has hard candy in yeah. her purse. <laughs> you guys were a big gust of wind. Yeah, she gives we you muffins on Halloween. We were a big gust of wind. But now we're a, we're a Mustang. That's, that's right. a little better. A little better. It's just there's a million Mustangs. Every high school is named the Mustang. <laughs> well, the other name is the Wildcat. What would you have preferred? Mustang. Versus uh, the Wildcats. We were the we were the Warriors, the Loyola oh, Warriors. Like so that's pretty unoriginal as well. I yes, don't mind Warriors. Warriors yeah. is good. Yeah. Warriors, you can apply to anything. It's good. I think Mike and I's team name will be the Steve's Punchers. Oh no! <laughs> the <Mullet laughs> Mustangs versus the Steve on the Steve Punchers. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do it. I think we can do it. I think we can win. Right. I think we can win. I think Let's this, go. Okay, I got my money on the so, Steve Punchers. Listen, I'm glad we were able to do kind of like an easy going start there because this is going to be a bit of a this is going to be a road to hell. The what? this is what I mean by that is uh, oh, like, this is going to be a very difficult conversation we're about to have. Um, we're going to hope we get most of it right. Obviously, some of this stuff will come out of order, but I was following this story all weekend long and kind of got the timeline of the Mitchell Miller situation. Uh, we are going to talk about the Leafs later. We are going to talk about Kachuk and, and his poking eye stuff and Bing. Josh Anderson hit and all that stuff. But, you know, you, I mean, I don't know where, I don't know if there was a hockey fan this weekend that didn't say to somebody else, can you believe this Mitchell Miller stuff? And, um, well, and it happened 
so unbelievably fast. Yes. Like I, I yeah. spoke to a guy today who <laughs> I spoke to on Friday and like, he's a hardcore hockey fan, but like, I don't, I don't think he follows like it on Twitter. Or I don't know if he's reading articles and stuff. And I saw him this morning. He's like, what the hell? Ha- what's up with Boston? What happened? Oh man. And where it's like, where do you start? It began and ended. Like, yeah. When, when did the news drop? One o'clock? On well, Friday? It started during our show. Yeah. So it so, was either noon or one on Friday. Yep. And it ended last night. That's a that's a staggering turnaround. The Bruins didn't need to even do the four PM or the five PM Friday night news dump. No. They everything oh boy. Everything about I'll it's bad. You, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna run you through you drive us through this this and then and we'll thing. stop and take breaks along the way. But the idea here is I want to give you the timeline first and then we'll sort of extrapolate on mm-hmm. some things, especially some things that even happened this morning. Right, because the yes. story wasn't over until Cam Neely's conversation this morning. Right. So, and are we starting from the very beginning? Start you from the beginning, yeah, from Arizona. If you missed it this weekend, oh, from Arizona. No, let's start. Let's tell people who Mitchell Miller is well, if, we're they gonna, get, if they don't know. We are going to get right. into that. That's a part of the the sitch. So, I guess we're going to start from uh, start from Arizona. Fourth round draft pick that should have probably gone in the first round based on his skill. However, there were quote unquote character issues, and as draft week unfolded in 2020. And you got to remember the pandemic's going on. People are distracted by things. We find out that Mitchell Miller was involved in a pretty, pretty horrible situation uh, that he perpetuated along with a friend against a black uh, classmate who um, has developmental disabilities. And when we talk about, you know, there's one thing, bullying is one thing. Racism is another thing. Mm -hmm. On top of all of that, uh, the what what finally brought these guys before a judge was the fact that they took a lollipop, they ran it through a urinal, and then I guess they said rinsed it off and gave it to this kid. And and you know, I mean, if you're putting it in the urinal, not sure why you're rinsing it off first, but fine. Uh, and what we found out at the time was that the judge um, said to Mitchell Miller, "Listen, I don't believe you're sorry. I know you've apologized in the courtroom. I don't believe you're sorry." I believe that you're apologizing because it suits your benefits. The other kid is alleged to have actually gone to the family, apologized, shown contrition, and wanted to make change. And I believe the family accepted that. If I'm incorrect on that fact, that's what they I, did. They did accept. They that. did. That's how I understand it as well. So, well, can't we forgive someone for what they did when they were 14? Well, there's there, there's two people involved. Yeah. And again, there's so many layers to the story, it's easy to forget details. That's a very important detail Huge to that point, because there was a forgiven 14-year-old in this situation, yes. because they did the very simple and basic thing of actually being sorry for what they did. And apologizing and showing contrition. It's, yes. it's, 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 that's where it starts. Um, now, uh, Mitchell Miller has continued to play hockey. I believe he played with the Tri-Cities. And uh, from what I understand, the social media team there... Uh, obviously, every time he was mentioned, there would be mm-hmm. negative feedback on the social media accounts to the point where they just they were just blocking people who, yeah. and it, uh, which is uh, he's also played with the it's the USHL or USHL? it was it was Tri City of the USHL. Yeah. I believe there's a Tri City in the WHL. Yes, too, just so not to, to be confused, yeah. right? Um, and he also, by the way, was he had a college? There was some sort of college application, obviously, that they finally said. I think it was North Dakota said, "No, you're not coming here." Uh, yes, and that was he back was in, committed, I believe. And there were other colleges knocking at the door. Right. And they all said, no, we're not going to do this because character is a part of your entry on a scholarship, obviously. Yep. Now, fast forward to this weekend, because obviously, um, 
uh, in this situation, um, there are going to be those who are like, well, he's good at hockey. He'll probably pop up again sometime soon. And it's funny. It's funny that we well, didn't. Uh, you are skipping over the bit where the Coyotes drafted him and then rescinded the pick. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I guess I should say that. I keep forget keep forgetting that not everybody knows that. Yeah. The Coyotes. Okay. So he wasn't going to go. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. Nobody was going to draft he him. He was on a lot of teams. Do not draft list. And the Coyotes at the end of their what the fuck are they doing era? Yeah. Which followed a bunch. They were. They were. That's where they got fine picks. They were yep. working out people that they shouldn't. Like, it was a weird time for they, the Coyotes. They tried to have their cake and eat it, too. So they got fined a number of picks. I want First, to second, say, and third, wasn't it? It was something like that. And I want to say this was their first draft pick. And they're like, all right, here's how we get a first-round talent anyway, is by picking them in the fourth round. The backlash was fast and mighty, um, despite the fact that we were all basically huddled to our computers at the time that was only several months into uh covid and uh and uh within a week i believe they rescinded the pick mm-hmm. oh within a few days with mm-hmm. well, yeah within a few days so, and i want to say it was steve and, sullivan was i don't remember it, was it steve sullivan? And you are correct about uh their draft that year because remember the draft took place in october of 2020 because the season was pushed oh, back see, I forgot and that. in in at that point that was arizona's first pick of the draft was in the fourth round and that's how they tried to right. get mitchell miller so and then so, they were so they got to find their first three Gee. picks and then they blew their fourth yeah Gee, and then they picked them in the fifth round mm-hmm. so wow if you missed it this weekend, because again, so so I I, I am going to fast forward now mm-hmm. to Friday. We're yeah, having so, so that whole time since that 2020 rescinded draft, he's been playing the US USHL for the Tri City Storm, and he's yep. been putting up numbers. And I apologize because I I think I I I just assumed everybody knew that, but I don't think that's fair to you to 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 just know that. You I remember know that things and forget them, of mm-hmm. course. And I also like I just we just know it because we know it, yeah. right? Um. So if you missed it this weekend. Starting uh, around lunch on Friday, the Bruins announced that they've signed Mitchell Miller. Uh, And I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of where this is all going to go. They then watch the same stories that have been publicly available to anyone about Mitchell Miller float around the internet a bunch of times, especially on Twitter. And then at the end of the weekend, they end up terminating the contract based on what they called new information. So how do we get here? So let's start with Friday. This um, This is the first statement that came out uh, and that was from Mitch Mar- uh, Mitchell Milner, uh, Miller, which was, when I was in eighth grade, I made an extremely poor decision and acted very immaturely. I bullied one of my classmates. I deeply regret the incident and have apologized to the individual. Since the incident, I have, be- I have come to better understand the far-reaching consequences of my actions that I failed to recognize and understand nearly seven years ago. I strive to be a better person and uh, positively contribute to society. As a member of the Bruins organization, I will continue to participate in community programs to both educate myself and share my mistakes with others uh, to show what a negative impact those actions can have on others. To be clear, what I did when I was 14 was wrong and unacceptable. There is no place in the world for that being, uh, for, <clears throat> there is no place in the world for being disrespectful to others. And I pledge to use this opportunity to speak out against mistreating others. Now, I mentioned this, we talked about it Friday. There's three mentions there about how old he was when it happened. Seven years ago, I was 14. I was 14. It was unacceptable, but I was 14. Now, Don Sweeney had a news conference later that day. GM of the Boston Bruins. That's right. Don Sweeney is the GM of the Boston Bruins. Again, context, right? Matter. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I don't know that Don Sweeney was quite prepared for what reporters were going to ask. 
he sure gave off the impression of someone who did not want to be a part of this. Well, and and this is the question I have for for hockey people: Is it are you that insulated that you didn't expect this, or are you just stupid? I I could be wrong here, but just based on what we know right now, I don't think Don Sweeney wanted anything to do with this. I think he knew what he was getting into, and he thought it was a bad idea. So what he said was, "Listen, we're going to continue to work with this guy. He's worked with, um, you know, he's worked with some organizations. We've seen that." We've seen a little bit of progress, or whatever. And, and, and frankly, he's like, this isn't about forgiveness. He's like, some people will just never forgive this. And he said, if it happened to my kid, I don't know if I could forgive this. But uh, the Bruins then also made a statement. And this is where it gets even more interesting. The organization at large. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is from Cam Neely. Representing the Boston Bruins is a privilege we take seriously as an organization. Respect and integrity are foundational character traits we expect of our players and staff. Prior to signing Mitchell, our hockey operations and community relations group spent time with him over the last few weeks to better understand who he is as an individual and learn more about the significant mistake he made when he was in middle school. During the evaluation period, Mitchell was accountable for his unacceptable behavior and demonstrated his commitment to work with multiple organizations and professionals to further his education and use his mistake as a teachable moment for others. The expectation is that he will continue this important educational work with personal development and community programs as a member of the Boston Bruins. And then it goes with, and then it goes into his stats. So just please tuck this somewhere for a, a few minutes from now. The Bruins spent several weeks with this kid, several weeks with so they this say. guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, take them at their word. Mm -hmm. They spent several weeks with him. There you go. Yeah. And you, you, people wonder like, what's the motivation for the Bruins from a hockey's perspective? You know, like why would they ever go through us and do this? So I was reading Joe Haggerty, and he was writing about this, the Boston Bruins writer, and he was saying the Boston Bruins prospect pool is the one of the worst in the in the NHL, and they don't have any offensive defensemen. So Mitchell Miller will fill that role, and that's why Cam Neely and and crew and Sweeney went after this kid, and they completely overlooked everything around it. So okay, um, yeah. so then of course the what we said at the time, and people people were calling me out the. Islanders fans especially didn't like this, but but um, when I, t I tweeted this out, we said it on the show, it's shocking that a team that's 11-1 would sign this person. 10-1. 10-1, sorry. Would sign this person going into a game against Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada. And I, I It's think, relevant. I think some people were like, oh, you Toronto, you center of the universe. No. To be honest with you... Yeah, especially when it's a Boston and Toronto game. It's a fucking huge game. It's, it's huge in the States and it's huge in Canada. Huge in the States, relatively speaking. I think you have to understand that you don't want bad news about your team coming out in a game against Toronto when all the media is going to be there mm -hmm. or on Hockey Night in Canada. And they had it for both. Take it, take it outside of hockey. I, I, when I was younger, got to do the visiting room for the Jays. Mm -hmm. And I knew when the Oakland Athletics were in town. <laughs> and I knew when the Red Sox or the Yankees were in town. It was, it's different. And it's no disrespect to uh, the Athletics organization. The Yankees media in Toronto was the most North American media I had ever seen in one place at one time. And the Japanese media that was there outnumbered them. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the, the New York freaking Yankees. No, no part of me was like, you know, what's all this fuss about the Yankees? Yeah. 
So, so then, of course, the Bruins are in town. It's still Friday. They're doing a skate. And guess what all the Toronto, Boston, and national reporters are asking them about? So here's what Patrice Bergeron had to say. I'm going to jump from the beginning of his quote a little bit to the end of the quote because the middle part, it's just extraneous. Or extra, is that extraneous? extraneous? Yeah, extra, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. I had my concerns, Bergeron said. I shared my opinion. In a way, I was not necessarily agreeing to it. To be honest with you, the culture we've built here goes against that type of behavior. We're, we're a team that's built on something about character, character people, and individuals. What he did, obviously, is unacceptable. We don't stand by that. And then he said, and then I'm skipping forward here. Yeah. He said, my understanding is that he's going to put in work in developmental programs and community programs to better himself. It's up to him to do that. That's it. From my standpoint, it's a hockey operations decision. For myself, we can only control what we can control. Truthfully, there's hopefully there's some growth and change. Uh, if it's the same 14-year-old walking into this locker room, he wouldn't be accepted and wanted and welcome this locker room, to be honest with you. That's my stand on it. And I thought the most important part of that was, for myself, we can control what we can control. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I am not on board with this decision. Not everyone thought uh, Bergeron was forceful enough, but in hockey, you got a grade on a curve. Yeah, That, that yeah. is damning. Like, when was the last time? Yeah, like, I, I don't remember Tavares being like, I don't know about this Dennis Mulligan. They're like never. teams, net players on teams never publicly speak out against a signing that their team made. The most, it's always he's a good person, great player, heard great things. Yeah, the most you'll get is a team being upset at a trade where a friend of theirs was traded away, mm. but they'll never trash the incoming guy. Uh, Brad Marchand and Nick Felino also addressed it. Um, and, and I think it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Marshan said, our culture is not going to change. Our culture, culture is what it is. It's something I'm proud of. It's something we've worked hard for. We don't need to change that. The changes are from the individual themselves. Uh, sorry, that was, that was Bergeron on the team culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marshand on the signing. We understand the dynamics around it. We have a culture in this organization and in this room. We obviously don't condone what happened. That will, uh, that will never be a part of our team or our organization. And if he's with our group, it will be because he's shown he's learned and matured and he's come a long way. It's going to be a very long process for him. That's on him. At the end of the day, we can only control what we can. There's that line again. And that's what's in our room. If that time ever comes and it has to be dealt... Uh, sorry, if the, if the time ever comes, it will be dealt with when it needs to. As of right now, it's a long process for him. Um, and, you know, and Marchand also on why now with a situation like that, I'm not sure there's ever good timing. It's just one of those things that they feel like it's the time, then it's the time. It's a long process for this kid to make amends or show he's learned and come a long way. That process has to start at some point. I guess it's now. And you think about, you think about how Marchand usually supports the players in his room. Yeah. Like that's the most serious I've heard Brad Marchand about anything. I think the only aspects of the Bruins organization that come out of this looking good is probably the locker room. Yeah. Well, and Felino, it's tough. It's a really hard topic. First and foremost, the organization is not going to do something that would jeopardize the culture in the room. But in saying that, it's not something anyone in this room stands for. The culture we've built and these guys have built before I got here is one of inclusion. I think it goes against that. I understand he was 14 when he made the mistake, but it's hard for us to swallow because we take a lot of pride uh, in here in the way we act and the way we carry ourselves and what it is to be a Bruin. So that was a tough thing for uh, uh, a th- tough thing to hear for our group. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think any guy was too happy because of how proud we are to say this group cares a lot about ourselves, how we carry ourselves, and how we treat people. So 
Uh, that was, for a lot of guys, especially the ones who've been here, a tough pill to swallow. In the same light, I don't think the organization's ever not looking out for the best interests of us, but I do think we have a lot of concerns. This kid will have to answer for those and will have to prove himself and e- to himself, sorry, prove to everybody and himself, especially if he wants to get in this room, that he's a changed man. We hope he works towards that. Yeah, and in Bergeron's comments in that uh, scrum there, he mentions that Cam Neely talked to him about a week, a week and a half ago before they actually signed Miller, and he was he gave that kind of same response to Cam. So it's it, after we go through everything and everything you're going to hear, it just comes back to these two individuals at the top making such a boneheaded decision and not listening to any single other person in this organization who is not happy, down to the players who didn't want this, to the fans, to everybody in the organization. They still went through with it. When did he talk to Cam? So they said about a week. He said about a week prior. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Save that one. Yeah. So save that one. Um, mm-hmm. In if you'll remember from Mitchell Miller's original statement, he said he'd apologized to um, to or, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah Meyer Crothers, by the way, is the name. Um, so uh, Guy Flaming at TPS underscore Guy, who does a uh, radio show, the Pipeline Show, um, reached out to the mom, and the mom, uh, Joni Meyer Crothers said he tried to reach out to Isaiah, Isaiah via IG to say he was sorry and it had nothing to do with hockey. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, okay. Um, so he said, forgive my in- uh, ignorance. Is that basically like he was messaging you like I am now? And she said, correct, because he was DMing her. And this was a week and a half ago? This is... Yeah, so that DM week- to th- that DM from Mitchell to Isaiah came around the same time he was having the conversations with the Boston Bruins about signing a contract, and they told him you have to go apologize in order for us to sign this contract That's with right. you. And his you have to go apologize was I'm going to DM this kid. So it's interesting because Awful. I don't know if this was a mistake. I know from her she said Instagram, but I have also read that it that an apology either came as well on Snapchat or came or the apology came on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. But either way, yeah, most reports have just gone with social media. Social media it's been cloudy on what platform? Uh, she said hockey is a privilege, as I've stated before. Also, to be clear, I wasn't. It wasn't one incident that he keeps referring to because it's the, it's. We talk about the one incident that brought him in front of in front of the judge. It was years and years and years of torture. So he's minimizing what he did with no remorse. And then, of course, there's the last statement where she said, "Yeah, go ahead and post this online." Because remember, this wasn't just an isolated incident. They'd been he'd been taunting this kid for a long, long time. Now, later on on Friday, uh, Gary Bettman said uh, said this. While I understand and have heard through the media what he did as a 14 year old is reprehensible and unacceptable. Before the Bruins made the decision to sign him, we were not consulted. I happened to talk to Cam Neely since the time he was signed. He's not coming into the NHL. He's not eligible at this point to come into the NHL. I can't tell you that he'll ever be eligible to come into the NHL. If at some point they think they want him to play in the NHL, and I'm not sure they're anywhere close to that point, we're going to have to clear him and his eligibility. So it will be based on the information that we get firsthand at the time. So the answer is they were free to sign him and, uh, and for him to play somewhere else. That's another organization. But nobody should think at this point that he is or may ever be NHL eligible. And the Bruins understand that. So the the timing of that is so is so fascinating because it just underscores how little uh, the Boston Bruins thought about this whole thing. Not only did you do it, you made this signing the day, day your team is in Toronto, the biggest me- hockey media market in the world. 
not only did you do it day before hockey night in Canada, the biggest hockey night in the world in mm-hmm. in hockey, you did it hours before Gary Bettman has to speak to the media. The only reason we have a quote from Bettman on this is because he was at a podium in Finland. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have heard from him all weekend long. They would have probably had private conversations. But they decided to release this signing a couple hours before Bettman has to talk to the world. You guys are so fucking stupid. And that, that, that Friedman sit down with Bergeron at a hotel, like, I'm pretty sure that was a pre-scheduled interview because it's Patrice Bergeron's in town. You get an interview with Patrice Bergeron about whatever the hell you want. It's Patrice Bergeron. People want to hear it. And that became the focal point of the interview. That's, well, the, that's the only thing it, I was talking about. Of course it had, had to be. Yeah. Now, of course it had to be. Um, now, so here's what happens, though. Gary Bettman comes out and says he's not eligible. Well, now the Boston Bruins have signed Mitchell Miller to a contract. So the PA has to get involved and go, uh, Gary, I uh, hate to look like shit here, but I know I'm going to. And they are going to look like shit, yeah. but they have to do it. Under what circumstances is he not eligible? You registered the contract with NHL head office. It's been approved. What do you mean he's not eligible? I'm not going to lie. I never knew at any point he was banned. I, I knew the Coyotes had relinquished his rights. Mm-hmm. I knew no NHL team had his rights. I didn't know he was ineligible to play in the National Hockey League. And so this is what I'm wondering because, and this is just conjecture on my part, but I wonder if the Bruins were like, we, if we do everything legally by the book, there's not going to be much the NHL can do. Because he wasn't banned. You know they looked into that. I have a difficult time with that because the fact that it's Boston is relevant. Um, there's 30, there are 32 owners in the National Hockey League. Um, there's an executive of eight. Of Boston them. is on that. Boston is in the ownership, uh, ownership executive. So all the owners are powerful. The owners in the executive are more powerful. And Jeremy Jacobs is probably most. Oh, powerful? he's him and the Words family. Jacobs like, family and the Words family are the are the two most powerful families in the sport. So, in terms of um, influence on the National Hockey League, like Jeremy Jacobs is one or two, right? Uh, in the NHL, I doubt he was like, ah, fucking, I'll just pull the wool over Gary's eyes. I would be surprised if he knew, and I imagine he's one of the. Many grumpy gusses. Yeah. Uh, See, I'd be sh- I'd be shocked if he didn't know. You're giving yeah? you're giving him way too much credit. Look at everything that just happened. I think Cam Neely and and Don Sumi just went out and made a signing. I don't. I man. I think they have carte blanche to make signings, and they thought this would just go under the radar. Else, they wouldn't have done it. Small correction. I think they had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so I don't think they do anymore. I. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised so if let, one of them let's, can. Let's keep the moving with done. the timeline here, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. So the PA was like, "Hey, wait a second. He hasn't been suspended. He wasn't banned. And also, people and people got on the PA about that. Listen, the PA has to do that. Yeah, it's it, their legal job. It's not fun. And believe me, I don't think the PA was like we'd really like to defend Mitchell Miller today. Is he an NHL PA member if he doesn't sign an NHL contract? You have to, you have to play X amount of games. So because he, he, he's not a member because he it's an AHL contract and he's never played in the NHL. So. But, but it, to say a player's banned without any proof, but the so PA is going to issue with that. They're defending the right for people to be banned from the NHL. Yeah, you as have a to ban him. But and they're not necessarily defending his contract because no. he's not a member of the NHL. PA. No, but I think people were just mad, and and yeah. you got to remember, lawyers have the unfun job of defending the guilty. And they let, don't so, like the precedent that the NHL can ban you even if you're under NHL contract. Bingo. Mm-hmm. So so what's which it, he wasn't. Which he was. So it's important here. 
too that you understand it's a weird area yeah we'll it is it is a bit of a weird one very yeah. strange area so it, it's important here that you know that of course um Gary Bettman and Bill Daly they run the NHL they basically what they say goes right it's sort of them and the NHL executive like you can be an owner in the NHL but to say that you really have any power in the NHL if you're not in that top 8 you really don't you they don't have much rules that are malleable right and so so when you have Gary Bettman coming out and criticizing an organization like Boston. You have to understand what a big deal that is. The it's context, it, and I don't expect a lot of people to get, give a shit about the ownership situations. Like, like whatever, my team's under good ownership. They're spending money. I don't care. Mm. But to be honest with you, it, it's like, um, I, I, don't, I don't even know how, how else to describe, but it's literally like, the, it, like MLB coming out and saying to the Steinbrenner family, Hey, you guys really fucked up and made us look bad. Like it's, it, you know, they they just wouldn't do that. The Boston Bruins are in a huge, huge part of where the NHL's direction is at all times. You have to remember that. Now, um, Eustace King. Everybody was like, "Who's this? Who's who is this guy's agent?" And it sort of started to come out on Friday. We heard about it, and then for Saturday it was sort of revealed that Eustace King uh, is uh, Mitchell Miller's agent. Now, um, Eustace King put out this statement. He said, the decision to take on Mitchell Miller as a client was not one that O2K Sports made lightly. Uh, as one of the very few black NHL agents in the league, a member of the NHL's diversity and inclusion committee, and as a black man who has spent his entire life in hockey, I understand the gravity of the situation and the respect, sorry, and respect the fierce emotions and reactions to the initial reporting and commentary around Mr. Miller's past behavior. O2K Sports would not have agreed to represent Miller, sorry, Mitchell, excuse me, without months of research, deliberation, introspection within our organization. Months! And conversations uh, with outside advisors. Moreover, when deliberating whether to represent Mitchell, we learned throughout the last six years, Mitchell has been volunteering at organizations such as Spread the Word Campaign, Little Miracles, Adaptive Sports of Ohio, Gliding Stars. And furthermore, this summer, Mitchell and I met with and, uh, and committed to working with the following. Bill Proudman, Whiteman, Sorry, Bill Proudman, white men as full diversity partners. So Bill Proudman, white men as it's such a weird name, but that's what the name is. Sure. The Carnegie Initiative and Hockey Equality. Also, before signing the contract, Mitchell met with and committed to working with local community projects such as bullying prevention program, after school program and youth guidance program. We believe in restorative justice. Mitchell and I are on that path together, and I welcome you to join us. O2K Sports Management believes in accountability. So does our client. After weighing these factors, we came to the conclusion uh, to embrace a forward-thinking approach of Professor Loretta Ross and chose to counsel, not cancel, as a path to racial healing and understanding. Now, the Carnegie Initiative, if you're not aware of it, stands for something pretty cool. Uh, They are for inclusion and acceptance in hockey. They work to ensure that hockey is inclusive, supportive, and welcoming to all. Okay. And this is their statement uh, on November the 6th. So that's yesterday. Mm -hmm. This morning, Eustace King of O2K Management released a statement that referenced the Carnegie Initiative as it pertains to Mitchell Miller, the Mitchell Miller situation. To clarify, the CI, or the Carnegie Initiative, was approached to consider working with Mitchell as he addresses his own recovery process related to social justice issues. This is one of the many requests the CI frequently receives to collaborate on efforts to make hockey culture more inclusive. To be clear, we have not worked with Mitchell Miller. Mm -hmm. 
That said, we do encourage everyone involved uh, to have the direct difficult conversations needed so that we can all find positive healing paths moving forward. Again, he did not work with an organization that they said to the Bruins and publicly that he had, mm-hmm. that he committed mm-hmm. to working for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bruins... They, they released another statement, the Carnegie... Carnegie. Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie. What's the other statement? Uh, so they said uh, last night, to, to further clarify, I must follow the earlier statement that Eustace King did not lie in his release this morning. Eustace King and I did meet with and discuss Mitchell Miller's path forward. My intent was always centered on finding a way for all to heal and grow. We, mu- we mutually agreed that Mitchell's best path forward was to be vocal and own what he had done, followed by him finding his voice to speak loudly as a change agent in hockey. Under these circumstances, we found it best to move on and not pursue engaging the CI. That decision in no way diminishes the trust that I have had for over 20 years and continue to have in Eustace King. Okay. I'm so confused they, by that statement. Do you understand it better than I do? I think Eustace King misrepresented what Mitchell Miller has done and has gone through. I think I think blatantly in his statement, putting the CI in there and being like, uh, Mitchell Miller has done work with the CI. No, you met with them to talk about a path forward. You said you committed that does, to that. That does not constitute working with them for change and being the agent of change. This would be awesome. Mm-hmm. If Mitchell Miller was an agent of change and was vocal in what he had done, but none of that happened. So putting the Cargany initiative in your statement there saying he worked with them is misrepresenting what actually what actual journey Mitchell Miller went through, which he didn't go through. Now, uh, NBC 10 Boston uh, came up with an article and it talks a little bit. And this is pre the release of Mitchell Miller, which is where we're all headed. They interviewed Joni Meyer, uh, Meyer Crothers, who the Boston Bruins, by the way, did not. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk to her. She said, he told our son that his black mom and dad didn't love him. That's why he had white parents. On a daily basis, he was called the N-word. Miller would ask Isaiah to sit with him on the bus. And as soon as Isaiah would sit with him, uh, him and his friends would punch Isaiah in the head nonstop. And all he wanted was friends. So he was an easy target for Mitchell. And of course, you know, it goes into more of the details. So she said, when Mitchell Snapchatted my son, which is why I wasn't sure, uh, a week and a half ago, and he apologized, he said, it has nothing to do with hockey. Well, it has everything to do with hockey, she said. We were going to hold him to a standard that he needs to understand that each and every one of us as individuals look in the mirror every day and have respect for others and have to be, you know, unilaterally inclusive. Uh, this was years of abuse. The Bruins can say he made a mistake, but they need to get their whole story straight rather than minimizing what happened. And remember, the Bruins and Miller both said isolated incident. Very clearly, the victim's family does not feel that way. And Mitchell Miller has never gone and apologized face-to-face. A social media apology is not an apology. You had two years since the Coyotes relinquished the pick to go knock on the door and go, you know what? This is horrible. I'm really sorry. I'm going to work on myself. Let me get to work volunteering for organizations. And it's fairly clear that none of that happened. This is the thing, right? Uh, I did see some mutterings that, oh, nothing's ever going to be good enough for that family. There is a standard. There's a very obvious standard to be set. Make an apology and make it sincere. They for, There were two boys. Mm-hmm. Let's call them boys. There were two boys involved. One of them got forgiven because they were sorry. That's it. They had to be sorry. He... Mitchell Miller and 
the people around him have over the course of years made his path to redemption harder and harder and harder. If he was just sorry and apologized when this all happened, he'd probably be in the lineup for the coyotes right now. Forget the Bruins. The coyotes would have never had to relinquish his pick. It's not the hockey hall of good guys. I always say about the hall of fame and like NHLers have come back from prison sentences to, to play in the national hockey league. It's not like there's no path forward, but they all had to pay a debt of some sort, whether it was their time or their energy or Mm -hmm. learning or what have you. Well, and and it appears that, to your point, um, the Mitchell Miller's mother evidently reached out to uh, uh, Mrs. Myers Crothers, Mrs. Meyer Crothers, excuse me, and and after the incident said something to the effect of boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. That's all she got. And then, uh, and then, of course, um, we saw what is alleged to have been his father's Twitter account retweeting, hey, how come people can't get a second chance? And hasn't this guy paid for this 20 times over? And isn't it time for the world to move on? And I think it goes to show, um, I think it goes to show a little bit about the mentality of, you know, what you're, because you, you, even at 20, your parents are pretty pivotal. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to... I think you need to have a look at the situation and go, um, do, is anybody around him taking responsibility for this? And, or, or does anybody around him, because honestly, if you could do something wrong, but your parents are like, no, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. The rest of the world doesn't know. I think it is, you know, when you're a kid, you might believe them. As an adult, there's no excuse. And I think in this particular instance, um, I don't think there's a lot of appetite within the circle uh maybe eustace king uh, excluded from that to actually go down the path and and show contrition and show receipts and and actually change i don't think that these i don't think that this person or the people who are the most pivotal in his life believe that any change needs to take place here and that's a problem he crammed for the exam and failed well he had he had two full years to do anything. Right. Anything at all. He had six years, really. Well, he had six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he but did I this mean, when he was 14. He's 20 now. If the Coyotes thing wasn't a wake-up call. Like, honestly. Like, are, are, are people... Not, well, listen, there's... You know what, Mitchell? I think, I think the NHL has spoken. Even the Coyotes don't want you. You're going to have to... You're, you're going to have to do something about this. Yeah. No. Nope. So- not going to do that. So the narrative that, oh, he was 14, he did it when he was 14, like, when is he ever going to get forgiven for this? He hasn't done anything to be forgiven for. Like, he hasn't earned his trust back in any any way in the six years since this incident happened. If anything, he's he continued the bullying afterwards. We know that. And then since then, he has made no effort to change. And like, Adam, to your point, uh, Paul Jones, uh, radio play-by-play announcer in the Fan 590 here in Toronto. He used to be a principal, the radio play-by announcer for the Toronto Raptors, I should say. He used to be an elementary school principal. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. He's, and so he has oh, this cool. line, he's, he's said it for decades now, I guess, about how if a kid was constantly late to school, this, this kid's showing up, he's a grade five-year-old, and he shows up to school. You don't blame the six-year-old who's showing up late. You blame the parents. You go talk to the parents when they're late, and you relate that to culture and basketball and how sometimes it's not the player's fault. It's the organization who's failing. It's the top down. And in this case, with Mitchell Miller, just to your point, it's the parents here. 
they're continually failing this kid and they haven't raised him correctly because he doesn't know and he's he's a child when this happens and they didn't teach him the right lessons and it seems like based on everything we saw online this weekend there was concerted effort from uh his side of the hockey community um to to put hashtags out there um to negate isaiah's story i don't know if you guys saw those yeah there was there was a story about potential bot bots yeah it's it's a it's a murky one it it didn't seem like it counts with people behind them if that makes sense. yeah all these well they were bots yeah Mm -hmm, for sure it seems like the system around him uh his parents and his community they're not showing him the correct path forward and he doesn't deserve uh we don't we shouldn't accept his apology because he hasn't done anything to deserve us right yeah sorry it's uh finding out paul jones was a principal uh makes so much sense does, he, doesn't it he was he was so great to talk to every now and then he would hang out in the bullpen and just talk to the interns and that oh god it makes so much sense um so yeah. then late sunday night we get this the Bur- the bruins put out a statement and they have they say they've terminated they say today the boston bruins have decided to part ways with mitchell miller effective immediately the decision to sign this young man was made after careful consideration of the facts as we were aware of them that at 14 years old he made a poor decision that led to a juvenile conviction we understood this to be an isolated incident and thought and that we, he had taken meaningful action to reform and was committed to ongoing personal development. Based on that understanding, we offered him a contract. Based on new information, we believe it's in the best decision at this time to rescind the opportunity to Mitchell Miller to represent the Boston Bruins. We hope that he continues to work with professionals and programs to further his education and growth. And finally, because they didn't acknowledge the family in either the Bruins statement or Mitchell Miller's statement originally, to Isaiah and his family. This is from Cam Neely. My deepest apologies if this signing made you and other victims feel unseen and unheard. We apologize for the deep hurt and impact we have caused. Finally, as a father, I think there's a lesson to be learned here for young people. Be mindful of careless behaviors and going with the group mentality of hurting others. The repercussions can be felt for a lifetime. Now, if the Bruins had bothered to read any of the testimony, any of this information that had come out about Mitchell Miller, they would have known that it was not an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. So I question what, because that was all publicly available. Mm-hmm. We knew about this. Mm-hmm. So I question what new information they may have had. And I'm going to read through some of the quotes from Cam Neely's press conference this morning from Wyshynski. The timing of it was probably never going to be good. I think it got down to the point of whether we're going to do this or not. And we made the wrong decision from, uh, and these are in no particular order, I apologize, uh, from Matt Porter. We didn't talk to the family. We should have talked to the family. I mean, that, to me, I don't know how many more quotes you have, but that's the beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the beginning, middle, and end. No wonder you thought you had everything. You only spoke to the guy! You only spoke to the player you wanted. You didn't talk to the family. You didn't make... This thing began and ended before you made the easiest phone call to make. People keep saying, 14, can't you be forgiven? Cancel culture. I don't think anyone has ever said that at any point during this process, that it wasn't possible to come back from this. That is the easiest fucking phone call to make. That is where this thing begins. None of those organizations and none of the... That is the first phone call. The first thing you make and you use the financial and personnel might of the Boston Bruins in the National Hockey League 
in order to get a hold of this family no, somehow. Joey is so accessible. She, Joey yes. Isaiah's mother they is just, just out her. there. Everybody, it seems like yeah. every single media reporter can reach yes. Joni on a whim. Yeah, I made it sound... so many quotes out there. You could, That wasn't your first phone call? Exactly. I made it sound like you needed a private investigator no. to find them, and they live in the mountains. No! No, they're easy to get a hold of. So Names are on public record. You can I, find them. I, I don't like doing this, but it's like you said near the beginning, either the Bruins are full of shit or stupid. And that's kind of it. Neither is a great option. Well, Neither, no. like, let, me add, let me add to what's that. What's option three? Well, is there one? There isn't. No. No. So it's full will, of shit it's or willful stupid. ignorance. Yes. Because again, good at hockey. Yeah. Right. So well, here's 39 goals on the back end. We I mean, need prospects in our organization. So Fluto Shinzawa, who's a uh, a reporter for the Athletic for uh, uh, Boston. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Cam Neely does not know why the victim's family was never contacted during due diligence. Said he will I work. Bet you don't, Cam. Said he will work this week to determine whether anybody in the organization will be subject to discipline. But they spoke to him for months. Those are your words, Cam. Cam Neely. I want to apologize to Isaiah and his family. It's something they shouldn't have to continue to go through. Yeah. And last one, this one's from Connor Ryan. Uh, the question, what was the quote new information? This was the key for me. What's the new information? Oh. Neely said, the fact that we didn't talk to the family was concerning to me. Question, why didn't you? Neely, that's a great question. Something I need to find out. <laughs> question, Wait. is this a problem with the vetting process? Neely, absolutely. That's a nothing burger. Can you read that from the top and I'll cut you question, off? Question, what was the quote new information? Neely, quote, the fact that we didn't talk to the family was concerning to me. That, that, that is, that, no, it's concerning to you now. It wasn't when you signed the contract. Otherwise, you wouldn't have signed the contract. No, no, no. What was the new information? And then he goes, well, the fact that we didn't speak to the family was concerning to me. Huh? That's, that doesn't answer that question. Well, <laughs> that, I think. Wait, is it new information to you that they never contacted the family? That would be answering that question. Here's what feels weird about this. This feels to me, Cam Neely is saying, I was not aware of these things. So first off, he's either willfully ignorant he didn't or he's stupid. Mm -hmm. He didn't know. But he didn't pay an or third, he didn't pay enough attention, which is a combo of both. And that's and I wonder if that's what happened here. I wonder if it did actually happen below him. But now it's it's on him because he trusted his people and wasn't over their shoulder and you know what i don't care how much you trust someone you want to make a move like this you better know where every comma and every period end mm -hmm. you you better know man you better know every detail so him answering that going the fact that we didn't talk to the family was concerning to me because i bet neely who probably has a unless he's got his own twitter probably has a few burners out there as all as all general managers do it's whether, common. Whether they have them or somebody on staff has them, believe me, they have them. They know what you're saying. The fact that we didn't talk to the family was concerning to me. So when you, when you went to legal and you said, time for us to do up this contract, write this name down, write this age down, write this address down, because that's Mitchell Miller's name and address and age, and make sure you put his name underneath the, point, the, the line where he's got a sign next to the X. At no point did he say, okay, cool, let's check with the family. Right. He just, they just skipped. Uh, and, and Neely is saying, that's a great question. I need to find out why we didn't check with the family, didn't talk to the family. And is this a problem with the vetting process? Absolutely. So to me, that's Cam Neely saying, listen, we fucked this up. 
I don't know if he's truly taking responsibility for it. He did apologize for it. It might be too late anyway. But I'm trying to, fi- I personally am trying to figure out what happened here. And unless he's just passing the buck and going, yeah, fuck these guys. They're uh, taking the fall for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how I read it. Uh, uh, this, he's making it seem, at least publicly, like this happened underneath him and then he wasn't paying Like attention. some yeah. goofy intern went, oh. Right. What about Miller? But oh, hey, I- hey, Cam, you could have made that call. Like at any point, you could have made that call. Right. Like that's ineffective leadership. Yeah, and no, this fails on you. You're at the top. Yes. This is your decision. At, yes. at the end of the day, this comes down to you and your willful ignorance to not do the due diligence on this uh, contract signing. It's your fault. Stop trying to pass the buck. So, what do you want to do now, Adam? Because it, it, like, are we all caught up? We're caught up. So, I want to ask this because this complicated future. I think here. Well, I want to ask this first off. The NHL is going to have to find some way to keep Mitchell Miller out legally because yes. they still haven't done that. And I think the NHL thought, we don't need to ban him. Who would be stupid enough to sign him? Yep. <laughs> so I think that's why nothing's in place. So I had, I had brought this up previously. Uh, like, as soon as they signed him, uh, I, I, like many people, were like, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him. So if they got to get rid of him, what's it going to cost? So I thought about a buyout. So I went on the uh, buyout calculator on capfriendly.com. If I'm not mistaken, it's a four-year buyout, mm-hmm. uh, $230 against the cap for each of the next two seasons. $30,000? $230,000. You said $230. I was like, well, oh, my bad. It's relatively, yeah. Sorry, $230,000 for each of the next two seasons and $170 for the two seasons after that. Um, the total cost of the buyout, according to Cap Friendly, uh, would have been, I believe, about $560,000 American. That number, if I'm not mistaken, would not have included the $95,000 signing bonus that they gave him. So this mistake would have cost the Bruins money on their cap for the next four years and about somewhere in the neighborhood of $650,000 American in actual cash. Did they you, just hand this My understanding was that this was an ELC. Which would yes. make it an NHL contract. That's because you mentioned earlier, Jesse. Yeah, that I, it was AHL. My understanding is that they gave him an AHL deal with no no. Uh, so that we got that wrong um, when the news broke. Okay. Um, but we, I think we got it wrong because he signed and was immediately being signed to Providence. This was not an American Hockey League contract. This was an NHL contract. He okay. signed an ELC a pro deal, and the AHL also said he's not playing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott Housen, uh, former GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who's now the commissioner of the American Hockey League, um, they just basically follow the lead of the NHL. So he wasn't going to be able to play in the NHL. He wasn't going to be able to play in the AHL. It's probably not worth it to play in the ECHL. Uh, so I don't know where this guy is going to play if he wants to play. Well, he, he, you know he what's was so much playing harder? the whole time. He was in the US, USHL. Not this season, I don't think. Maybe. Regardless of that, let's let's talk about let's talk about this because this is this is yeah, something in, he played sixty games for Tri City Storm last year. Yeah, last year, but th- this season he hasn't found a team yet. Right. right. So this is the but this is the question, guys. And I started this the the, the conversation with this, and I want to I want to come back here. After all that's happened in the last two years, are you so insulated in hockey? Yeah, man. That you didn't pay attention. Forget the last two years. Try the last 10. Are you so insulated in hockey 
that you didn't pick up any of that? Because I have a really hard time believing that anybody, I remember, uh, what was his name? Uh, the Philly coach during the bubble. You know, they were asking about the, the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, Vigneault, he's like, I don't know. Yes. I'm, just, I'm just focused on hockey. Bullshit. You see the news. Everybody sees the news. Come on. But, so, so, hang on. Yep. So, Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, et al. Whoever else is involved in Scouting this Scouting department. Scouting, yeah. uh, player, player development. Player uh, development. Yeah, whoever you want to. The entire department. Yeah. All of you were so engrossed in hockey. That none of you learned anything from the past few years? None of you? And, and this, is where I, this is where it's hilarious because people are like, well, I'm just focused on hockey. Okay, but if you didn't pick that up, you ignored it. My point is, I don't think they took what happened over the last few years seriously. And I don't think that they understand that expectations from fans are not the same as when Cam Neely was, was you know, wristing 50 in the early 90s for the Boston Bruins. It's not the same anymore. We expect different things, better things, more from our athletes these days. And it's not, it's, and we've just raised it to a reasonable expectation. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you not be a racist? Can you not bully a kid with developmental disabilities? Make and if you pissed. did, maybe apologize for it? Yes. And this is the thing, man. I don't think, I think that they probably sat back in their office a little bit. This is me, conjecture, and said, well, it's just the woke culture. It's cancel culture. Because I'm hearing a lot of that. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hearing a lot of that these days from people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not for canceling, quote unquote, people, canceling people. I am for people who apologize and who show contrition and go and make the changes they need to do. And because and, there is a debt that you mentioned. You have, there's a debt that you have to pay when these things happen. But what I see is a team that is desperate to restock its cupboard. Guys good at hockey. Okay, there'll be some, there'll be some bad PR. Be some bad PR. But we're 10 and 1. We're mm -hmm. top of the league. It's the last ride for these guys. We, Bruins fans will get it. They'll get it eventually. Yep. They'll get it eventually. And you know what? We'll work with the kid. Kid hasn't done any work, guys. Hasn't done any work. He he tried to, well, and sorry, uh, before I make my next point, uh, to take it away from the Bruins for a sec, this comes from Mark Dever of the New England Hockey Journal and NHL.com. He's got nearly 16,000 followers. He tweeted, for what it's worth, an observation on Mitchell Miller from an NHL scout I ran into this weekend. I wish my team had signed him. Oh, God. And this was tweeted uh, yesterday afternoon. So they got to see the blowback and we're still like you know what i wish we had done it i hope that quote is from a perspective in that like everything outside of mitchell miller's hockey play you know, i don't think it is it. that's awful um i think the i think the bruins need to acknowledge even more the amount of people they hurt in the hockey community yeah, especially not, their own fans not only their own fa their fans credit to bruins fans seemed like 100% they weren't on boards. They had they came out. They had a campaign to email the uh fan relations ticket office. They spammed that email to the point where the email had to just turn uh an automated bounce back to all the people who were flooding them with how unhappy they were. Uh they flooded the Twitter accounts of the Boston Me Boston Bruins social media accounts. Uh good on them for doing that. And they hurt all of their fans by this signing showing them the culture that they're trying to put out there and the fans said no. And plus, just hockey fans 
mm-hmm. uh, who who are affected by things like this. I think about um, a dear friend of the podcast, Chanel, who uh, who had oh. a, who had amazing tweets. Who who man that yeah. When s- things like this happen, these people who make these decisions, like Cam at the top there, they don't realize that they're pushing fans who don't see themselves within the game even further away. They're reminding them that, hey, you can bully a disabled child and get away with it and still play and still get a role in this game. And you're hurting these fans and ruining the game by making these signings. And the Bruins and the staff that make the signing, they need uh, to come out and just, I don't, I don't know how long they need to apologize, but what they've done so far hasn't, hasn't been enough. I think they need to show some contrition, and I yeah. think they need to go and, and volunteer for some organizations. Some, and I, one thing I'll say, by there needs show. to be some serious by work done show. within the organization to teach these people what is right and what is well, wrong. I, I got to say, the game for everybody. Bruins fans who organize that deserve a ton of credit because, first off, the, 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 I, I want to say, Boston Bruins dressing room, great. Oh, that was 100%. that was great that they did that. One hundred percent. Bruins fans, that was great. One hundred percent. That was great. And the one thing I'm learning is we 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 use hockey culture as like a a big term, right? Like it's like it's a big, yeah. all encompassing term, and it has a ton of problems as we're talking about right now. But I can tell you this: fan culture seems to be doing a heck of a lot better than it used to be. Player culture seems like those guys learned. Seems like those guys stand for something. Maybe we need to have a good old-fashioned look at how the game's being managed. Hockey Canada. Mm. NHL without a sexual assault policy. Mm. The people who Boston don't Bruins get signing it. Mitchell Miller. The people who don't get it seem to be the old guard that are in place. It's the, the people management. running it. How yeah. arrogant and completely out of touch do you have to be to not even be like, hey, how come this kid's available? He was drafted. No, Galaxy Brain. No. We're the only one who knows. We're yeah. the smart ones. And to like, be what? like hood I think they were like hoodwinked by an agent who stretched the details of the work that he's been doing, and then they decided not to look did, into did, the details. Did, did Eustace King go into their organization and say, You better you better print that contract? He yeah. can't even force you to do it. You guys just didn't do it. Yeah. I just no, I no. don't like it doesn't seem like he was a hundred percent honest, or maybe bent the truth. But they a did bit. no work to look into any of those details. Like, yeah, like it was a flimsy story, man. And like Eustace King, by the way, represents Wayne Simmons, who is a member of the Hockey Diversity oh. Alliance, who I can only imagine was extraordinarily upset um, with all of this. Speaking of the hockey, uh, Joe Ward called Isaiah's mother Joni. And they just had a conversation about how, uh, like, the game needs to be I love more him. open and honest. And like, I come love on, Joel man. Ward, Joel, Joel Ward uh, of the HDH got a hold of her phone, her cell phone number, and just called her. I, Boston Bruins. That wasn't your first phone call. Joel Ward did it on a Sunday afternoon. Not to laugh, but like, Fuck. how do you not laugh? Not to laugh, but how do you not laugh? Love. And it all it all comes from cutting corners. Uh, I've said a hundred times a hundred different ways on the show there there was a path to redemption here there was but they cheated and cut corners and now this kid who definitely more than one nhl team was after well there's a reason that bruins signed him when they did in toronto going into hockey night in canada yeah there's absolutely a reason they signed because someone else was this close guys yeah we i know from a few different people at least three maybe more yeah. 
Um, there was a, a path forward here. But now, because they cut corners, you don't have an NHL contract and you don't have one on the horizon. You're not going to get an AHL contract and you don't have one on the horizon. You're radioactive for any university in the country. Who the hell wants to be the school that picks you up? That picks you up after this international hockey scandal, basically, right? You know what's harder than apologizing? Learning Russian. Like, where is this kid going to play? I don't know if the European leagues are going to take him. What exactly, right? So where is he going to go? And like, you went from having all these prospects and all these people who wanted your services to kind of being fucked. And all you had to do was be sorry. All you had to do was be sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there are consequences here. And again, consequences that are obviously damage to the Bruins brand. And Bruins fans are among the most loyal fans that you can find in any sport. They are unbelievable fans. They're a great group. It's like, yep. I, I mean, when we went to Boston and the, and the Bruins just fucking killed I the love, Leafs. I love watching games in Boston. It was amazing. I don't give a shit it's what the score It's an amazing oh, yeah. place. What, a, what an arena. What a group of people. It was great. And and so the fans really showed up. The team really showed up. But here's what happens, right? You got a team Favorite that's- Favorite building outside of Toronto. You got Easy. a team that's first place in the NHL. Let's talk about the hockey consequences. Mm-hmm. You got a team that's first place in the NHL. Mm-hmm. First place by a mile. What a story. Krejci's back. Bergeron one more year. Probably going to have to do some retooling after this year. You went almost undefeated with Marchand out of the lineup. That's right. Linus Olmark's on a heater. He you was also, undefeated when the signing happened. And you have Jeremy Swayman, who's also really freaking good. Like, that yep. you just sort of, yes, you drafted him, but you sort of didn't expect him to be this good this quickly. Mm-hmm. Everything's going right for the Bruins. And, they, and these fucking idiots, and that's what, that's what they are, these fucking idiots <laughs> said, you know what? We just got it too good. We got it too damn good. And you know, I don't think there was a person in the hockey world who wasn't cheering against the Bruins on Saturday night. Yeah, man. You know how bad you got to be to make the Leafs face? <laughs> yeah, the Leafs were the good guys. <laughs> they were the baby face and, and the Bruins were the heels. And you could feel the emotion when you watch the game. And we are transitioning into the hockey thing because we have talked about the social ramifications of this. If Do you think, do you have anything? I do want to uh, transition. Yeah, Um you guys would know better than me on on parenting, but yeah, somebody go check on his parents. Yeah, that's and him. Oh, Mitchell Miller's yeah, parents. That's not how you raise a kid. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this fucking sucks. This oh. sucks. And yeah. and and so all of the social stuff, the important stuff's out of the way. Let's talk about the game. The game is high energy, a mm-hmm. lot of emotion. Yep. And the arena is electric, and that and and the arena is electric in Toronto. Remember. Toronto, who had just lost to the Ducks not five days previous, just lost to the Ducks, mm-hmm. looked like shit, had an okay game against Philly, much better effort. And won. And won. Mm-hmm. But they should beat the Flyers. Yeah. The Flyers who've looked good this year, but they should beat them. The, the, the grumpiness over the four losses against bad opponents was they should have beat all of them. That's right. You're not gonna, but you should have beat one of them. Yeah. And, and that, it was not how the Leafs were losing. It was how they were losing. Yes. It was, they were losing and it was depressing to watch. It wasn't yes. even exciting. It wasn't even a close game. Nope. So you're going in against a Toronto Maple Leafs team that's been struggling. Mm-hmm. And Boston Bruins t- traditionally are really good at putting the boot to the Leafs mm-hmm. when they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And you've got a crowd that's electric that knows all about this Mitchell Miller situation. You've got a team in Toronto that knows all about this Mitchell Miller situation. 
and you're the leadership group of the Bruins, and you've had to answer questions about this Mitchell Miller situation all day. What a miserable road. There's no the way they're winning that game. Well, know. and they and they almost did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they... they yeah. And I think... It was two under, to one. I the, the story is so... It's so there that I don't want to... Um, I don't want to see what I want to see. You know what I mean? I don't want to make up a story there. The amount of pucks in prime scoring position that soared through feet and hands and under and over sticks. Bruins should have won that game. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, the numbers looked favorably on the Leafs. Bruins should have won that game. The amount, of, the amount of chances they had that didn't even end up being shot attempts. They're going in against the third stringer. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's like career goals against average is like four. His save percentage yeah. is like an 866. A third stringer coming in in relief. Right. Coming in in relief. The amount of pucks, the, especially the back half of the game, back half of the second and the third period. That's right. Coming in relief. because Yeah, because that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Ilya, Ilya was in that game. That's yeah, right. He got injured. Pasternak should have had a hat trick. Yes. In that game. Yep. A hat trick. The, the, the sheer amount. The, you cannot tell me I was seeing things when the Bruins looked rattled. They looked incredibly rattled. The two goals against, uh, I mean, Matthews, uh, <laughs> they, they didn't cover him at all. Okay. He's uh, right, standing right in front of the net. I mean, he's, he's become, he, he's extremely good at m- making himself invisible. He has that sort of power over people. So maybe you don't hold that against them. On the offensive side of the ice, man, they were, they were that's the least crisp I've ever seen the Boston Bruins. Especially this year's Yes, team. so it was a distraction. And the Leafs, on the, on the other hand, are a team that need this win. Yeah, I thought, and by the way, I'm not saying the Leafs didn't deserve the win. They did. They played well, but there were so many chances where I went, and nothing happened Yeah, because they couldn't get a shot off. And and to be honest, you know, those especially those last 45 seconds, boy, that was, you know, grinding your teeth scary. Yeah, Boston um, was on it. They were. That, that was last two minutes after Marchand scored, like on the on the penalty shot, where he has some nasty hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, he took out the starting goal. Yeah. <laughs> that, was like, right? that was one hell of a dangle. But Boston, that, those last like five minutes, it was just on tilt. Yeah, the the I have spoken to some people like, oh man, what's the story if the Bruins go on a big losing streak here? I don't think that's gonna happen because I mean the one the one thing that should give fans some comfort is the the Bruins culture starts in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not always like that. A lot of teams, it's got to trickle down. Trickle down. It's got to be the leadership. There have been the questions Le- about the Leafs for that. Yeah, but the leadership of the Bruins is in that room. It's it's Bergeron. It's Marchand. It's Krejci. It's oh Bruins. yeah. Well, if, and if anything, if anything, we've seen. Uh, the GM and the president are not leaders of the organization yeah. anymore. Yeah, Bergeron should be calling Jeremy Jacobs and being like, get rid of... I'll Sweeney. be president after like, this season. Yeah. Well, it, well, honestly. <laughs> oh, whoa. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So, so wow. let's, but let's talk about... I, I do want to uh, get into the hockey part. So for the Leafs, mm-hmm. this is a big emotional win. They come away from this game feeling like we went, we went to battle and we won. Mm-hmm. And seven days ago, as of this recording, the Leafs, we, 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 you had just done your one take. I said it was over. 
You said it was over. Now three big wins later, it's looking a lot. Of different. course, and I've seen we've seen this movie before. Like I've I've watched the show. This is a rerun. Leafs. I'm not like show me show up in April. This is I'm the sorry. most shocking one. I'm sorry. They went 15 and two after this last year. We did this. Yeah, but that's unusual. That's not supposed to be a an annual event. Yeah, they, but that's that's what it has become. You they start the slowest. They they don't get up for any game early on the year. They're they're in California. You know, the long road trip. They don't want to show up on to Anaheim. Nope. And then Philly comes to town. Second night of a back to back. We're playing a goalie who's played seven games. I'm gonna get up for this game. I'm gonna do it. Boston's here. We're sleeping at home. They're coming into town. They have a bunch of issues. I'm gonna get up for this. Yep. Like leaves me steam this. And I'm not impressed. And then Carolina. Oh, not, you're not impressed. I'm not impressed. I thought they, you were this using this. Is, no, this is the expectation. Oh, this is not where I thought this, this was going. This is the expectation. You weren't, you weren't, you didn't predict this exactly. I like, thought you were using this opportunity to shit on me. No, I saw, <laughs> I saw this coming. I think we I all saw streak. this coming. Right. So the question though, <laughs> the okay. question, because we, we all, the expectation was always that, that <laughs> they're going to get it together. That this team is so talented. How could they not? Yeah. Okay. Three big wins. And people will start to say, well, you overreacted. No, I don't, I don't think I don't think that that was an overreaction. I You're think not going to gaslight no, me into team. those wins being or losses, sorry, being acceptable. And You're I not. think you can be forgiven if you look at this and go, wow, that's a really great start. But I'm not totally convinced yet. Do, uh, but not, I know the Carolina win was extremely surprising. It was uh, Am I skipping ahead. No, go ahead. That I couldn't. I mean, at they the had to end play of the game. second period. I'm like, it's wild. It's even the time. Hold on. The context is imagine if you're not a Leafs fan, how would you know? But the Leafs played a game at seven o'clock in Toronto against Boston. It was really emotional right to the end. And they squeaked out a win mm-hmm. with their backup goalie to the backup goalie in because obviously Sam Sonoff has to be injured too, because you just can't enjoy the Leafs ever. They had to sign. It has to be anxiety inducing. They had to sign a goalie from the American League. We haven't even gotten to that. Petrozelli. Uh, just so we could get on the flight. Right, because they decided the team. midway through his game with the Marlies. That's when they had to sign him. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, um, his first NHL game, uh, he wasn't even on the bench with the Leafs because on and in Carolina, don't you have to sit like way the hell away? Yeah, you're yeah. across <laughs> on the other side. You're on the right? other side of they the. They showed thing. him a little. They showed a little picture of him just by himself, game. and he's just sitting funny. there being six foot six, and I assume terrified. But what's really important here, guys, is that the Leafs played in Carolina 22 hours. After the start of their previous game. Yeah. And in fact, if you're keeping real track, they started the next game 19 hours and a plane ride after they finished against yeah, the Bruins. I, I saw this last year when the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs went up against the New York Islanders, whooped their butt, then went on a three-game West Coast road streak, beat all three California teams down, then went over uh, to face the Colorado Avalanche back home. What did they do? Well, they won, they Steve. Them. They yeah. won. They killed them. Yeah. We saw this. Yeah, because they didn't have a goalie. Oh my God, the least they did something really impressive after shitting the bed for a week. This is not where I thought you were going. No, they, but they, at all. Steve, if anybody should know that this is how it's going to play out, it's you. But, but. Oh, the, they do this. this I is, know. But like, I try to. Here's, here's, here's what I'm doing wrong, Jesse. I got to just go with this. I gotta just go with. <laughs> I gotta just go with my. Uh, you got How's it looking these my days? My stick tap sweater. I am uh, almost sub two twenty. Hey. So you guys, stop laughing. But um, 
Or, you know, which after Halloween, I think it's very impressive. Um, I got to go with my gut because I keep going by the numbers and the percentages, which is this doesn't happen. And this definitely doesn't happen every year. If they go 15 and two in November again, what the fuck? Okay, but, but besides that, besides that, besides that, I want to know. Sure. This weekend is, is clearly what the Leafs are capable of. At uh, their best, yep. this team is what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. My question is, will they be able to sustain that? Can they find that yeah. every week? That's, that's the Only important they know. thing. Only they know. We know this. We like, know this is what they can. We know you can come off 23 hours after beating Boston and defeat the Carolina Hurricanes. And then we know you can show up versus Anaheim and not show up after yep. not showing up versus the Kings. Yep. So what, what are we going to get they, here? They played some unbelievable, like they backchecked. Dude, like crazy. The the second goal that Tavares scored, the the highlight Which is game? How, uh sorry, uh, against oh fuck, he's off to a heater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he's unbelievable. <laughs> Great question, Adam. Glad you asked. Carolina. Um the setup from Marner was unreal and the finish from Tavares is just he's really hard to stop right now. But I did a breakdown in the LFR. That play starts along the benches in the neutral zone. JT the little thing king. Oh, I fucking love him. I just fucking love him. TJ Brody with the poke check. Tavares did something with his stick I've never seen before. I don't even know how to begin to describe it out loud. You'd have to watch it or see a screenshot or whatever. But he contorted himself. Turns it over. Intercepts it. Starts the play with the kid. Robertson finds Marner. Marner... The, partially loses it. The Marnie, the Marner dipsy doodle. Then he does a little dipsy doodle, <laughs> sick little hook pass over to Devaris, who finishes it. Yes, it was a highlight real goal, but it starts with the little things. And let me say this: at the end of last year, John Tavares had seventy six points in seventy nine games. Bum. And people said he was washed. And I, I remember saying, "We're like, I don't understand where this is coming from." And I think it's because he's not the it's John the contract. He was not the John Tavares that we're seeing this year. And had seen in previous years. He was he was great, or he was very, very good, but he wasn't the great player that he came into Toronto with. But remember, he was coming off a traumatic head injury. Yes, and knee. And a shortened offseason. Yep. And so what you've seen now, what you're seeing with John Tavares, is full offseason John Tavares. 15 points in 13 games, leads the team in points and goals. And he's a monster. Johnny T. In the he embarrassed. He embarrassed teams like it, he is walking around guys it's it, that we did not see last year we saw him making smart plays we saw him making defensively responsible plays we saw him setting up great plays and that sort of thing but what i'm seeing is john Tavares going i have the puck and i'm going to go score now he didn't do that as much last year and i hate to make the comparison but somewhat sundine-esque in his ability to just bully two guys at once <laughs> well he's strong he's very strong. strong as shit man john Tavares is strong as hell and over a minute into a shift, obviously dog tired. William Nylander. Best goal of the weekend. Oh, that goal was, inc- that was a crazy goal. IQ on a million. Yeah. Because, the, okay, the line gets uh, stuck in their own zone. That's not good. That weird line. I'm not sure I agree with it, but whatever, it worked. What's the line? It was uh, Kerfoot, Matthews, Nylander. Okay. Sure. Yeah, because the game kind of slowed to a, a, a crawl, yeah. a slug crawl, and then uh, Keith's just like, okay, yep. everybody different lines. And Matthews goes, you know what? I'm just going to get the puck out of danger. And he goes to clear the thing for what probably would have been an icing. And Nylander, dog tired, goes, 
fuck it, and just throws up his stick, deflects down Matthew's clearing attempt, takes the thing himself, Slavin takes it, he grabs Slavin by the hockey pants and rips them over his head like a Simpsons <laughs> cartoon, and Frederick Anderson um, is... Well, he just flipped the puck by him and beat the defenseman. Yes. And then Frederick Anderson is always good to let in a couple soft goals when his team's you know, uh, in a game, in a tight game. really just like no, Freddie listen, man. No, no, I miss him as the Leafs goalie because no goalie personified the Toronto Maple Leafs more than Frederick Anderson. He had... You never knew what to expect. He had lights out, unbelievable months. Yes! And then, and then there'd the be games... He was the best goalie in the league for stretches. I'm absolutely, serious. Absolutely. I'm serious. But then he has a game like that where it's tight. And team lets a little, like a butterfly shot at the net. And Freddie's like, I didn't see it. He got out-dueled by Eric Shelgren. Yeah. That that Willie shot yeah. was a nothing shot. And absolutely, Freddie Anderson must have to always have that. Must. So what did he do to your family? And he's just, yo, man, he's <laughs> just, the, the, it's the, the joys of goaltending, <laughs> Answer man. Answer the question. <laughs> joys of goaltending. But you guys saw the play. Every time I talk about this. Freddie Anderson in the playoffs, people were like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then I send them the goals against stats from the Bruins series and they go, okay. Well, yes, the numbers, we saw them. Watch the they game. Were, they, were they were shit. We were there. They were bad, man. They were bad. I saw them in Boston and Toronto. I'm same not, series. I'm not saying he's not a good goalie. I'm not saying he can't win a cup. I'm just saying he does this, man. He does this. There are, there are, there are uh, uh, focus farts. <laughs> There's no reason that game shouldn't have gone to overtime. Well, I suppose, like, okay, we talk about the second goal being friggin' disgusting. You know, it's 2-1. Carolina only scored one. They didn't. Carolina didn't score at even strength right. against that Leaf team. Second half of a back-to-back uh, on the road. They're the road team. Or, yeah, sorry. They're the fucking, with travel is what I meant to say. They're on the road. Less than 24 hours. In, in, and they're at home. Third stringer in net. In front of their crazy fans. Yeah, but Kane's fans are great. They have a lot of talent and it shows up sometimes. It, man. <laughs> man, 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 man. That's th- and that's why uh we should just That's be why it's frustrating. Even keel here and be like, okay. No, what are I'm we- frustrated when you don't play like that. You should play like yeah, that. Yeah, but they did. Like you know what I mean? I, I But feel you can't like- tell me not to get upset yep. when they don't play like that. I yeah. agree. Okay? I agree, but I-, I know what they're capable of, and so do you. So I'm gonna be pissed when they don't. I'm giving them the CC treatment. Or I was very hard on CC all the time. So when he did good things, I was like, but look at the good thing. The thing is good. The thing is good. You're right. You're right. This weekend, unreal. Great weekend for hockey. Unreal results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nylander, man, IQ on a million. Guy's amazing. A thousand yeah. billion. And Fantastic. wasn't it nice to have, Jesse, especially for you, uh, who always gave Nylander the crown. Yeah. Wasn't it nice for you to have Mike Johnson yell, God, you gotta love William Nylander. It's the first time you've ever heard that on a broadcast. I would like to commend Mike Johnson's uh, unending and vicious campaign to get Frederick Anderson a penalty. Oh yeah, he was. He was loud. You know what's? It's funny. It was. It, he was right. It, it was a penalty. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he d- he played the puck in the trapezoid. But then, but, but then when Nick Robertson had that really close chance, he's like, "Oh, and Frederick Anderson got him in the hands with his stick." Here, watch on the replay. Replay shows the stick nowhere near the hands. Oh well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was. You know what's nice? You know what's nice yeah. with TSN. Because Rogers has only national rights, yeah. so they have to sort of play it like we're neutral. The Leafs are the only team in the league without a regional. Rogers has some local. 
not not in Toronto. They have they have re- they have a national package. When when the game's on Sportsnet, it's it's a big deal, but no one can be seen to be favoring the Leafs. Whereas if you watch a Boston Bruins broadcast on Nesson, the Bruce, like, the Bruce, and they're like, "Wow, he just murdered the Boston Bruins play." It's like a small. Ha- can you believe what a terrible person? They have a local X broadcast. Player? Yeah, awesome. we don't have a local broadcast, so it was nice to hear somebody lobbying for one of our guys. We never get that. Some would argue that a local broadcast does exist, and it's sponsored by Coca Cola. Ah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> watch a game. Watch Hockey Night in Canada with Steve Dangle, presented by Coca-Cola. Is that right? Some would argue that that we is our local broadcast. broadcast. You're right. Yeah. Fair but enough. But it's only on Saturdays, not every game. But Adam, to your point, the TSN broadcast, I love it. I they're do. Fucking I, awesome. I they're just, also their panel. It's just nice to have Pounder you know, like out a, there giving F- uh, the O Dog some shit. Yeah, it's I love, awesome. I like Cheryl, Cheryl Pounder's <laughs> fucking She's great. awesome. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> moving on here to a couple of things. Not that the, we're not taking away. Say we're not talking away. <laughs> taking away from Sportsnet here. Just complimenting TSN on oh, what they got. Final thing on the Leafs. Yeah, Adam Wild. We're gonna get here to April. The Leafs are gonna play the Boston Bruins in the first round or some shit. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, a one. It's gonna be a two-three matchup. And yeah. you're, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. remind you because you've been harping on this point. Yeah. Hey, what happened to those points at the beginning of the season? You could have got. This play this weekend should anger you to the p- because you should have seen this mental toughness out of the gate from this team, and they never show up. They don't have it. They don't fucking have it because they don't show up all the time. Dude, whatever, boomer. Jesse's in his boomer era. <laughs> when they have to face the Boston Bruins in the first round, we're going to say, what happened to those missed points versus LA and Anaheim? I sure That was your whole thing preseason I, about the President's Trophy. I agree. Uh, I Steve, want to be wrong. Steve, I don't know what you're doing because you just watched the same movie over and over Seasons again. Are I'm not Groundhog Day. You can't see it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's not the time. I would argue okay. that. Let's celebrate. I'm going to be doing this for 60 more games. Here's, so. here's, I'm going to be celebrating. <laughs> they won. My, my opinion on it is this. The first two points you get are more valuable than the last two points. I don't know I don't what know that means. That means. It's, <laughs> it means seasons are cumulative. If you've ever been a teacher in Mark Papers, you know what I'm talking about. Now, have you uh, we have a couple things? suspensions. We have a couple suspensions. Uh, Anderson and Kachuk. Let's start with uh, Matthew Kachuk, who hates L.A. and has always hated L.A. And him and Dowdy have you've been fighting for years. And to, to, in order to get back at all the hatred, he said, you know what, Jonathan Quick? You only get one eye now. Man, you're better than this, Makacha. Yeah. yeah, he is better yeah. than this. It's it's a weasel move. Yeah, weasel. Uh, weasel move. You're get, We're gonna get a lot of comments from Western Conference fans saying, "Are you fucking joking?" Well, I know what the Kings are. <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, I don't. This is what he does, man. This is what he does. Mm. This is Marcia- you, you gotta remember. This is the guy we accused of intentionally injuring Jack Campbell. Yeah. Not, Which wouldn't shock me. Not very long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, he has a long history with the LA Kings, but yeah, you can't fucking poke a stick. Like, I okay, Matthews got suspended last year because he cross-checked someone in the shoulder and it rode up and hit him in the face, right? Yes. Which you very can't do. And you should be suspended for. Yes. If Kachuk... If the argument is, oh, well, I didn't try to put it through his mask. If you spear someone in the face, you <laughs> risk going through the cage, man. That's why I use the oh, Matthews. And example. listen, if you're going to, if you are going to hit somebody in the face with your stick and you shouldn't, 
you do it with the slappy end. You don't do it with the poke. Because what he did <laughs> was he hooked. Because look, because he look. meant to do what he did. Yeah. So like, okay. He meant to do let's what he say did. this is the end of his stick. He poked with his stick rather than hitting him in the face. Wow, this is great visual, Adam. Yeah. For as much, I don't have a hockey stick in here. For I as should. much Why as the we? NHL protects goaltenders, it should have been more than two games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're going to protect goaltenders, more than two games. That's ridiculous. Can we play uh, our best friend? Play our best the, friend. The fourth member of the show. Yes. Are we allowed to show the footage? No. High sticking. No. History. Uh, NHL. Uh, NHL. Play, we can play that. We can NHL play the players. They use footage from ah, the actual incident. We can so use the audio. Yeah. Right. The audio. This right. is the audio. This is what happened. Uh, from NHL player safety. Uh, voiceover guy. Oh, gears. The sound of gears. Saturday night in Los Angeles. Panthers forward Matthew Kachuk poked at Kings goaltender Jonathan Quick with his stick, making purposeful contact with Quick's face. As the video shows, the Panthers take a shot on goal, which Quick stops and freezes for a whistle with Kachuk at the net front. Well after the whistle blows to stop play, Kachuk purposefully uses his stick to poke at Quick, making intentional contact with his head. This is high sticking. It is important to note that this is not a reckless or careless use of the stick during a normal hockey play. Rather, this is a controlled and purposeful oh stick directed at the head of an opponent. While we have heard Kachuk's argument that he was not intentionally aiming for Quick's face in an attempt oh, to injure shut him, up. he was intentionally using the yep. blade of his stick to hit an opponent in the head, <laughs> making contact with his face. And Can't while the stick is delivered without substantial the face, just the head. force... It is only because of the lack of force that this play is not met with more severe discipline. Oh, boo. To summarize, this is high sticking. High sticking. Kachuk has been suspended three times. And, and there is. They use the same thing. History. Game, NHL career. Guys, we only have one graphics department here at the NHL. Has suspended Matthew High sticking. For two games. History. So their reasoning is that there wasn't a lot of force in his high stick. They so. use the same graphic. Also, they use the same graphic. It's literally the same graphic. High sticking. You want me to put it back up? Put it you up. Stick. <laughs> put it up. Oh my Hold God. It's my favorite graphic of there all time. Key points, guys. So let me go through this with you, okay? In case you didn't understand okay, previously. Um, is it there? Yeah, it's, it's here. There now. it is. So as you can see, guys, you got high sticking. <laughs> the stick was above the shoulders, which means it's high with a stick sticking. Mm. Okay? All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And then oh. I can look at myself on the monitor. Okay. Oh, and hand, then... My hand disappeared. There Matt Kachuk has history. As in, he's been here before. We've chatted on the phone. So that's why we gave him two games. Otherwise, if he hadn't had history, who knows what would have happened? Maybe one. Yeah. That's all we got. <laughs> NHL player safety. Over and out. Until the next suspension, which we have to talk about which with Josh Anderson. A couple minutes, yeah. So the the reasoning here is it it wasn't forceful, but like, dude, he he hit a guy in the mask. That's who cares how hard he tried to do it. Don't do that. Now that's more than two games. So I did bring up the Matthews thing. The precedent is if I'm doing a bad thing and hurt someone on accident, mm -hmm. it's two games. Mm -hmm. That's what Matthew's got. That's the on-accident precedent is two games, and it's fucking stupid. It's also by accident. You guys are driving it's not. fucking crazy. It's on accident. You. It's by we've, accident. We've set that precedent on that accident. it's on accident, yeah. so you must accept that Your because English we are the player safety department. Gonna be fighting you. Adam, I agree <laughs> that it, it should be by accident, and that's why I say on accident. Okay, just it I'm gonna suspend you. you both for high sticking <laughs> and history. 
to be clear, Steve and Jesse have a history of saying on accident. <laughs> All right, we have a show titled on accident. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, just to piss people should, off, Josh Anderson and be Alex. The second one, I don't know. Josh Anderson, Alex Petrangelo, Anderson suspended two games after a hit, and I guess we can freeze frame the hit. At least bring that up. If you didn't see this hit, it's vicious. Holy it's shit. the worst kind of boarding because, first off, boarding is bad. Because it's within a couple feet of the boards. You could fall. You can really hurt yourself. To be clear. Um, but this this, this also is where Josh Anderson hangs on a little long and drives Petrangelo's face into the part of the boards where there is no glass, right? This is where this is right at the bench. It's the most dangerous yep. place Just to take a hit. And it's the worst kind of hit. And it's the kind of thing for a team like Montreal that, yes, has is not the greatest team in the world, but really has a good sort of mojo around it. He's the kind of guy that needs to be setting the tone for the young guys. And I just don't think this is the kind of hit that they, this team needs. And they don't need him out of the, out of the lineup. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights, on the other hand, you know at the end of the Lion King when the hyenas maul Scar? Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened to Josh Anderson after this hit. So let's go through what the NHL... <laughs> Will they say high sticking yet again? And then let me know when you, we can go back and we'll pause it on a screen. Okay, so go ahead and play the audio. Josh Anderson's stick was high when he laid this hit. This <laughs> is high sticking. Saturday night in Montreal. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> night. For Josh Anderson was assessed a major penalty and a game misconduct. Awarding oh. oh. Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo. They almost jumped off the oh, that. video shows. Look at this Petrangelo punch. skates the puck up ice. Anderson was assessed a major penalty and a game misconduct. For boarding Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo. Ooh, this one. Oh. Shows. Petrangelo skates the puck up ice with Anderson pressuring. Mm -hmm. Petrangelo bobbles the puck momentarily and slows, turning toward the boards. After he does so, and with numbers facing him, yeah. Anderson adjusts his course, readies, and hits forcefully through Petrangelo's mm. back. jumps off side, his feet. Driving yeah. him dangerously into the wall. Oh my God. This That's is a really boarding. bad one. It is important to note that while Petrangelo does pivot toward the wall on this play, this is not a case of a player turning his back just prior to or simultaneous with contact yeah. in a way that turns a legal check into an illegal one. It is after Petrangelo pivots to face the wall that Anderson changes his skating lane, making an adjustment of his own to turning sharply into Petrangelo's backside to oh, deliver a oh. hit. While we acknowledge that Anderson was attempting to make a hit through the shoulder as Petrangelo was spinning, the onus is on Anderson to deliver this check in a legal fashion, yep. minimize the force of the contact, or avoid the hit entirely. Instead, he hits forcefully into Petrangelo's back, driving him dangerously oh. into the boards. And snapping of the neck. What does his Summer face look like what right we got? Now? This is boarding. Boarding. Oh. Anderson has been neither fined nor... No, no history! history. Oh! Wow. We got a new one. All right. right. Explain it to us. Guys, in the NHL, there's these things called boards. If you push people into them from behind, we call it boarding. I know it's a very, very creative title. We came up with it all on our own. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to ing someone into the boards. No inging. <laughs> no inging. All right. Now, normally you're used to history, right? Adam's History Corner. Uh, history of the NHL, but in this case, there is no history. We don't even know who Josh Anderson is. Oh. We we have no history on this person. No. We didn't take his driver's license. He's never played a game in the NHL before. Ever. No history, none. There you go. That's the presentation. Thank you, Adam. No, you're welcome. Listen, I think the NHL did right by suspending them. I think one of them is way worse than the other. Is that wrong? 
Which? I think that this hit, this Josh Anderson hit, is, is way worse than what Kachuk did. And the reason I think it is, is that, you know, uh, listen, Kachuk could have easily led to some pretty bad damage. I think both hits, we have to put that on balance. Both hits could be extremely damaging to a player's career. But Josh Anderson, not once but twice, changes his trajectory to make sure he makes this hit, knows that if he stops skating, so he starts to glide, that he's going to have to make the hit. Otherwise, if the play goes by him, he'll be out of stride with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. wants to, he wants to send a message. And I, I get it. Hockey is violent. And, and you, you know, sometimes you see red. And I don't think Anderson's the type of guy who has a history of that. Clearly, we saw it from the graphic. There is no history. But this is an extremely dangerous play. And it's the type of play that you literally do not want to see in the game. This isn't, I, I think this is, this is the type of play that shouldn't be on a graduated system. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic, here's five games. I don't care who you are. It's five games. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me, tell me why we would put something like that on a graduated system. Is it because we want to see it again? Is it because we're like, well, he only did it once. So, I mean, what's the big deal? We don't want this ever. We don't want this ever. You got to send the message. It's a really bad hit. If, now, if he had had history, oh, maybe they gave him more games. But this is the thing, guys. We don't want history with a hit like this. We want these hits to be history. The way to do that is to make the, the, the punishments and the fines more punitive. And since you can't find players, you can suspend them. I like the energy you're bringing to this because I'm looking at, I, I look at this and I look at the Matthew Kachuk one and I'm like, yeah, they got more than one game. That's how low the bar is, though. Yeah, right? like, I, it, it's kind of what I expect. The Kachuk one, I'm tempted to say, is about right. Like, they, they do have a point in that, like, it was a fairly limp thing with the stick. Um, if he, like, had really speared him in the face, they'd probably argue that it was by accident, on accident, sorry, and only give him six games, Gustav Nyquist. Um, and that guy wasn't even wearing a face mask. Was was the Spezza hit? Because forwards don't need eyes. Was I it, don't know if you know. Remember that. when Spezza ran the Jets player? Was it Demello? Uh, no, Pionk. Pionk. When Spezza ran him, he six games. Was it any more? Was that any more violent than what you saw there? Yeah, Pionk. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, Pionk was like half on the ground too, and he ran right at his head. Okay, this was a. There was a violence to what Jason Spets did. Yeah, it was okay. intentional like, retaliation as well. Okay, which yeah, yeah you get more. The, but it's then, relevant. It's relevant. But I think that maybe could have been a little more, and this should be more. Well, you know, like the precedence for their suspensions, it seems like so little. The confusing thing about the Spetsa one was: wait, he's played over a thousand games in the NHL with. If you look at this bullet point right here, <laughs> no history and six games right out the gate. Uh-huh. I don't know, but I, I just, I want to see the standard raised for this sort of thing. You're right. Like that is, that's precisely the sort of hit we should be taking out of the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just no, no graduation system. It's an automatic five. I don't ever want to see this again. We have and automatic pe- uh, because that doesn't do anything to add to the game. It doesn't make it more exciting. It doesn't make it more fun. All it does is suck the energy out of the arena. Now, we have automatic suspensions for coming off the bench um, for a weird. fight, which yeah. is 10 games, except for when it's sometimes three, because the NHL has been like, yeah, you know what? It's three this time. <laughs> so I don't know. There's, 
You can, they can make an automatic penalty. It's, uh, but then that's when they look at a hit differently and go, no, this does not fall under the automatic penalty. This one, I think more than the Kachuk one should be more than two games. There you go. But based on the standard they said, I'd say two games is pretty good. Shall we do the press conference? The presser. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Steve Dangle, do you want to take a second to re-up the beginning of the show and Easter Seals and people's donations? Yes. It's been 90 minutes. Remind them. So, uh, tomorrow at noon, November 8th at noon, is the deadline to enter the raffle for my Dangle 10 jersey. How do you get it? You got to make a $5 donation to Easter Seals minimum. Um, if you've already made the donation, that is fine. All you got to do in the description of this video and pin comment, pin comment. Sure. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Robert pin, pin it. Pin comment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you, Robert. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you got to respond to the tweet in the pin comment with a screen grab proof of your donation. You should be sent that, uh, proof to your email within minutes of making the donation. So all you got to do, $5 donation, give us proof, do it before noon, Eastern, November 8th, and you will be entered into a raffle to get my Dangle 10 jersey, and I will sign it wherever you want. Sign the front and the back. Why not? Doug Gilmore did that for me once. I finally got to meet him. I, was, I, was, I interviewed him, and this is super unprofessional, <laughs> but I said, Doug, is it okay? Mm -hmm. it, he's like, do you want me to sign your jersey? I'm like, yeah, do you mind? And he's like, no, I don't mind at all. I'm like, I know it's really unprofessional. So he, he, he signed both sides and he's like, that way, if you shadow box it or you hang it somewhere, you can put the front or the back, whatever you want. I did that with Nike uh, and Jerome McGinley. That's the only time I've ever done that. I've never done it again. Do you regret it? I don't think so. Oh, absolutely not. But they were like, ugh, now we got to get you another jersey. And I was like, what? It's signed by our Nike athlete, though. Just leave it. Just why can't I just use this in my videos? But then they got me a customized angle jersey, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> sure. Nice. I bet you still have it, too. I, it's, Along with the whole tracksuit. It's framed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, on Wednesday, we will be live on YouTube.com slash SDPN, streaming Chell, where all of your donations to Easter Seals at that moment will be matched. So go donate and watch us play Chell. So this one is from Sun Tzu on our... <laughs> Uh, press conference questions. I'm there? sure it's from Sun Tzu. I'm the, sure the author of the uh, Art of War. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that so hard to believe? <laughs> oh, we can't get Sun Tzu on our press conference questions channel. Oh, I wanted that's you to, crazy to do the Sopranos thing and be like, "This is from Sun to Zoo. It's Zoo, Sun Zoo. You fucking ass kiss." No, so Sun Tzu didn't write this. Okay, Sun Tzu said, "Stump the Steve." Oh, I didn't see it. He can't, dude. See. I can't read that. Stump the. The old. I don't even know what jersey that is. The Stump, old look at are going out. Stump the, the Steve. This is for both of you. All Combine right. your brains. All right. Wayne Gretzky received Selkie votes in only three seasons of his career. Oh, can you name the three years Wayne Gretzky received Selkie votes? And for bonus, how many? Okay, well, I'm going to say one of them has to be his final year in New York. Because I think he got award oh. votes for everything that year. He probably got a Norris vote. 
um, <laughs> Jack <laughs> Adams Vesna. Award. Vesna. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to say 98-99, which was his last year. I'm going to say me three years one now. of the years in LA, and I'm going to say 92-93, because that was their run in the finals. And then maybe 87-88 for his last year with the Oilers. Those would be my guesses. I'm going to say the year... Do, do I need to give you a year if I give you the criteria of the year? Yeah, no, the game is give me the year. But okay, what was the year he scored 215? Can I answer that question? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, The year he scored 215 was 85-86. And what was, oh, so so 85-86, what was the year he scored 92 goals? Because I know it was a different season. 81-82. He's so goofy. Okay, so 86-82. I'm going to go with those just because those numbers are so staggering that it's like, you know what? He is the best defensive forward. You can't (laughs) fucking do anything. Adam, can you give me your years again? I want to write them down. So I got... Uh, 98, 99, 98, 99, uh-huh. 92, 93, 92, 93, 87, 88, 87, 88. And Steve, you got, I'm going to say 82, 86, 87. and 93. Why 93? First year in LA. Oh, no, his first year in LA was 89. Yeah. You're right. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was one and didn't know that. I'm going to say 93 anyway. Oh, okay. So you're not going to change it? Nope. Okay. So, Steve, you said uh, 82, 86, 93. Yes. Adam said 98, 92, and 87, 88. Mm-hmm. All right. The three years Wayne Gretzky received Selkie votes were one, uh, 84, 85. Damn. Okay. All right. That was his 73 goal, 135 assists, 208 point season. He was 100 plus minus. That's his best plus minus year of his career. He was plus 100? He was plus 100. <laughs> you know what's unreal? That's not wow. even the record. No. Wow. The record, I believe, is Bobby Orr. He was like 130 something. Is wow. The yeah. second year he received a Selkie vote was 8586. Let's go. The 215-point season, the most of his career. Deserved. You scored 215. Who gives a shit? (laughs) If you back check. Best defense is a good offense. Yep. (laughs) And the last year he received a Selkie vote was 8990. Adam, you were 0 for 3. First year in LA, wasn't it? No. No, oh no, that was 88-89. Second year. So second I keep forgetting he was traded the year I was born. That's that right. year, Wayne Gretzky only scored 40 goals. So he was definitely on his defensive what a piece game. Of shit. Yeah, terrible. 102 points. By the way, LA was terrible too. No, 102 assists. That that must have been a shocked shocked assist to me. Like you just you're going to LA and you're you've just won four out of five years in cups and whoa. Like it was not a good Got team. married. A lot of life change. Yeah, a lot of life yeah. change. In terms of the number of votes he received, in 85, he received one single vote. In 86, he received one single vote. And in 90, he received three votes. Oh! Wow. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to So that. five people have ever voted Wayne Gretzky for the Selkie. As few as three. Could have been the same people. Yeah, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this one's from Dr. Truth. How long does a player player's Iron Man streak need to get before they become suspension proof? 
Like, Kessel probably can get away with anything short of attempted murder, as the Department of Clara Safety won't want to be the ones Man, to end the streak. You gotta Whose be closing streak? in on the record. Whose streak was ended, uh, was it last year? It was a jet, Andrew, right? No, Andrew Cogliano. Andrew Cogliano. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was, um... That was bullshit. They apologized. You got two games. The, the guy who was, who was in charge at the time. Um, was, was it the Peros? At the no, time, no. Was it Peros? I can't even remember. Anyways, uh, I've heard the story about how he was Pronger? like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to do this. Like, I don't have a choice. You know, like, man to man. Like, I need to suspend you. And yeah. yeah I, they I, weren't I, ever happy about that. I can't, I that can't even should, remember. I don't think that did. should have been a suspension. I, 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 I can't remember it. I, I remember that it was Cogliano. I can't remember what he did. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember being, I remember being like, this is. I think I it mean, was when he wrong. was with the Ducks. Yeah, it was for his hit on a- Adrian Kempe. Well, at least it wasn't high sticking. Uh, suspended Iron Man streak. Here's the hit here. What do you guys think? All right, let me see. Let me see. Oh, it's, so it was behind the play. There. Yeah, it's coming up. It's going to loop back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kempe, right? Yeah. Okay, I need to see it again. Yeah, here it is. First, first viewing, that was bad. Yeah, you got him right there. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yep. Gotta give me. Yep. He pops him. No, no you, you gotta give him. You something. cost yourself your Iron Man streak at yeah. that one. Yep. You, you gotta. So, you gotta. We kind of answered uh, the question there. Oh, there you with, go. Uh, what Cogliano did to Kempe is what you would need to do to end your Iron Man And streak. it's not good. <laughs> not good it was a straight elbow to the face this is bad it's a bad hit that was a bad hit um yeah. how do you think kessel's iron man streak comes to an end we talked did, was it on it was at hockey retires somebody, somebody after winning that. his fifth cup um do you think he He's goes all the way to retirement him. or three more sorry goes all the way to retirement yeah, yeah i i maybe i i again the last game or the first game of this streak was when is november 3rd 2009 when is a thousand consecutive? That's a great question, Adam. Oh, let's go. Um, it's got to be this week. I think it is. Uh, let oh, me wow. just have a look at. Is it against Toronto again? Oh, I wish it was. No. Um, Could be. They come to town Tuesday. Shit. Yeah, it's it's tomorrow, the Leafs' or? next game. Oh, wow. yeah, tomorrow. How many games has Phil Kessel played in a row? Uh, he has played nine hundred ninety-three games consecutively. Oh, ah. How many consecutive? Just short. I mean, he's going to hit it before the end of the month. Records.nhl.com. Here we go. Here we go. Phil Kessel, 995. He's got five wow. more. So let's go Vegas. Uh, Golden oh, their, their Knights. Schedule? Yeah, who's, let's have a look at their against? schedule. So they are playing the Sabres on Thursday. They, no. No, they play the Leafs tomorrow. They play Leafs tomorrow. Yeah. And then they, why does Google do the schedule this way? Oh, never use that. Mm. Never Holy use that. Go shit. to their website. Go okay. to the team Sorry. website. Knights Leafs tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Sabres uh, Thursday. Automatic loss. Tage Thompson scores eight goals. Yeah, yo, Tage Thompson's a beast. That picture of him next to Rob Ray is hilarious, <laughs> by the way. I can't believe that's real. I can't believe that's it can't real. Be. You got to pull it's that It's got to be edited. No, apparently it's not. You've, if you've never seen this picture, we're going to pull it up on screen. Then the Blues and Golden Knights on Saturday, the Sharks and Golden Knights next Tuesday, and then following Thursday, Coyotes, his old team, the Coyotes. That's photoshopped. Stop it. He's six seven, Steve. Yeah, Steve it's I real. don't know that. What it do is. you think, Rob Ray's four eight? How tall that's, is he? That's Photoshop. No way. What's wrong with you? No way. He's in skates and he's six seven. 
And that's a normal Look person. Look at the size of his head. He's seven feet tall, man. Rob Ray's six feet tall. Yeah. No. No, that's about right. Look, look. No, it is. No, and also, fuck it is not. Also, there might be like, it might be the angle too. <laughs> He's it's, up to his solar plex. <laughs> shut up. No, that's, that's up. correct. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> is it on the screen right now? Yeah. You yeah. think this is real? I don't know if it's real, but I want it to be. <laughs> I can't do a show with you two. Yeah, I want Your this to be real. Your judgment shit. What do you mean it's not real? Look at this. What is wrong with it you? No real. way. It's probably real. <laughs> Probably real. No, wait. By the way, uh, uh, in the spirit of the Easter Seals tournament and the fact that we're talking about the Sabres right now. Oh, that's the real photo? Shut up! <laughs> this is this is a different it's angle. The, it's a different it's, angle, Steve. It's the real photo. Shut your fucking face. So this is the real photo. It's not too far off the original. <laughs> yes, it very is. <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty. It's still pretty cartoonish, though. Yeah. You can at least say that. You no, stink. To, to be honest, the, the other one wasn't real. <laughs> your fake news. Is what you are. I thought it was real. I was, I was like, I was no, tired this is the like, real man. one. It, the other one's a lot. That's man. hilarious. That's a, that's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you can't trust anything. Yeah, like you could have gone your whole life thinking that was yeah, real. Yeah, been like that. Um, that Dave Thompson photo is wild <laughs> in the retirement home. Uh, uh, for for um, Easter Seals and the fact that we're talking about the Sabers, Brad May was one of the alumni you could play with at last year's tournament. And he was done after less than one game and he couldn't walk because he, he had gotten off the ice and I happened to be there for some reason. Like it wasn't even the game I was in. And, uh, he's like, yeah, my knees locked up. It won't bend. And, and I was like, what? Oh man. Like, are you going to be okay? He's like, yeah, this happens all the time. Happens all the time to me golfing, but usually I'm able to like give it a couple hits and it unlocks and I'm able to play the rest of the round. That's how tough Brad May is. His knee locks up and he Golf. smacks it like an old VCR to try to get it to work. Oh, wow. And, th and then it starts to bend again. But well, he, well we he were talking about he... Rob Ray, but. Uh... No, I know, but that was a, another tough saber. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he, Leaf, let's say. Rob, and, Brad May was a Leaf. Who wore number 10, you thieving bastard. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't smack his knee into working again. Jeez, that's. Wild. See that photo of Taylor Swift and uh, <laughs> Bruno Mars, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, Adam, these are two of your favorite people on earth: Taylor Swift and Bruno Mars. I Have do, you ever seen I this do photo? Love Bruno Mars. Is that picture real? Uh, it's uh, it the angle to, is the, the angle, angle is skewed, but it's a real photo. I've met Bruno. He is not very tall. And no, and she is very tall and wearing heels. Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, she's she's six feet tall, I think, just without heels. Here's them just straight up next to each other. Yeah. 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 But like <laughs> that's not that's not close to the scale of the Tage Thompson Rob Ray photo. I think this is the same thing. I think we should just have Tage Thompson next to Tall Things photo. Like just uh, or or Tage Thompson looking ridiculously huge next uh, to things. Who is it? Corey Conacher or Nathan Gerby with uh, John Scott's helmet on? Oh man. That looked ridiculous. That looked like Leo wearing a popcorn bowl on his He's head. got a melon. Like, he got a sure melon. does. Um, okay. Do you want me to hit the button? Are, are we all done or do you have another question? I think we're all done. All we're right. on two hours. All right, fine. Holy Let's shit. wrap her up, baby. Oh. So we'll be back on Wednesday. And don't forget Wednesday night. We've said it three times, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> we got a live hit that button broadcast on YouTube.com slash SDPN. Not just game over, but before that, actually, 
We're going to have our, our tournament. Will there be a game over charity edition? Yeah. It's, I thought the music was pretty loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yelling at the microphone. Nobody, nobody listening with that. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.